Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. My name is Aaron. Uh, I'm one of the elders here at Church Project, and you'll notice that Jeremy uh, has changed in, in his appearance a little bit. Jeremy is, is actually in Pennsylvania uh, with his wife, Brittany. Jeremy usually leads worship for us, and, and they're, they're away resting and probably seeing beautiful fall colors, and so pray for them as they're resting and flying back today, but, but Lucas has joined us all the way from Fort Collins. Do you live in Fort Collins? I didn't ask that. Um, a wonderful church there, Mountain View, um, and so thank you for joining us here today and, and blessing us with, with your talents and, and abilities, and Chad's about to clap, so I think that's appropriate. Yeah, clap it up. Thanks for coming, bud. Thank you. Um, at Church Project, uh, we study the Bible, and we hold it in high, high regard and so if you do not own a Bible, uh, there's a Bible next to you uh, under a chair or there's some over on the lamps. And so please feel free to go grab one of those. If you don't own one, that can be our gift to you. So Merry Christmas early from Church Project. But however, if you, if you have like 30 of these at home, bring some back. Okay, let's, let's share the love. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. On your uh, chair, there's response cards. And I'm going to, during the message, uh, reference these response cards in a very, very specific way. Um, because normally what we do is we've been going through a book of the Bible. It took us two and a half years to go through the book of Luke. So if you were with us during that time, that's a long time. Uh, it took us about six months to go through the book of Ephesians. And we just finished that book last week. And somebody sent me an email and said, Aaron, you should go see a movie. I'm like, what movie? You should go see the war room. So I go to the war room, and I know that it's a Christian movie that I won't bash Christian movies. We'll just, let's just say I went with low expectations to this, to this movie. And um, I, don't rem I don't remember a lot of it because I was crying for half of the movie. <laughs> like, this is, this is phenomenal. So much, more, so much so that Grandpa and I, we went, and went on a date, didn't we, buddy? We went and saw the war room. And I didn't cry for half the movie, only, only a fourth of the movie. Um, and, and God really moved in me. Did, has anyone seen the, the War Room? Yeah. Yeah, God, God really moved in me while I was there watching it and brought to remembrance some foundational things to this thing called Christianity and this relationship we have with Christ that I was like so moved that I said, you know what, church, I think we should, for the first time in church project history, hit a pause on going into a book immediately, and what, I, what I'd like to propose for us, well, we're going to do it. So what we're going to do the next few weeks is, is take an opportunity to shepherd us through what it means to pray. Prayer. A prayer life. I don't know what your prayer life looks like. I don't know if you are what, what people would, would call a prayer warrior, one that falls on your face and just prays passionately, or you're like, like me, maybe, I, it seems like, and our elders met this morning and even talked about this a little bit, it seems like for Aaron Havens, when life gets a little busy, uh, when life gets a little chaotic, when I start stressing out or something, it's like when I put on my self-made hat and I, and I start powering through things on my own strength, or I try to figure out things on my own, and then I, I look up one day and go, oh, prayer, huh, and so I, I need to grow in this in significant ways, and one of the prayer requests this morning um, was as we go through these next few weeks together, if the only thing that happens is you watch Aaron Havens get a better prayer life, then I'm going to consider that good. And hopefully the Spirit moves in every single one of you as well and teaches you something because we say we want to be a people of prayer. 
and we say we want to be a church that prays, and we say that we believe in the power of prayer, but I am so hot and cold in this that, church, I need to be held accountable to be a man that is on my face praying consistently, intentionally, believing in the power of prayer in my own life. So I go into this vulnerably, and I go, church, would you please pray for me? I'm going to be praying for you, and let's see what God does as we look and we study the power of prayer. What we're going to do is open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. You think that's perfect? If you have a blue Bible, it's on page 560. And what we're going to do the next few weeks is we're going to take this, the Lord's Prayer. Some of you have been in churches where you recite this many times. A lot of us, we could start right now and we could recite the Lord's Prayer. And so what we're going to do, if you're a first time here and you've never even heard of the Lord's Prayer, wonderful, this is a great introduction into the Lord's Prayer. We're going to take this and we're going to use it as the model for the next few weeks as we look and we talk about what prayer is. So as Jesus is walking and he's teaching and he's living in this portion of Matthew, Thousands of people are following him. Thousands of people. And, and, they're, and they're, they're pressing in because he's healing people. He's doing incredible things. And he begins this, this moment where he's just talking and he's teaching people. And in this moment, he looks up and he says, in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. So look with me in Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Church, let me pray for us. God, I pray that all of us, regardless of whatever state we came in here, w- whether we're curious about who you are, or we're madly in love with you, or we're confused, or God, we are at rest. I pray at whatever state we're at in this place, that your Holy Spirit would move in every one of us. That you would teach us more about who you are. You would show us more about who you are. And God, I pray that not one person leaves this room unless we're more in love with who you are. So God, would you please pour your face, pour your identity on us. And it's your name we pray. Amen. This prayer is a powerful prayer. How many of you have heard it before? Okay. Majority of us have heard this prayer before. It's a powerful prayer. You've probably heard it before because it's been prayed by, uh, by uh, tons of people for, oh, let's say 2,000 years. Like, it's been around for a while. The church has prayed these, these words, and as I think back of 2,000 years of tradition, and I think back of how many people, our forefathers, the, the men and women, the children that came before us that have prayed this prayer before us, this isn't like something that God just gave us. It is deep in history. It's deep in tradition. And when I think about that, I approach this prayer cautiously. Like I, I get goosebumps right now thinking about how many men and women through time have prayed this prayer? On their face, praying, calling out to God, 
People that are about to die for the faith have prayed this prayer. People in in circumstances that would just look so bleak to you and I have prayed this very prayer, these words right now. Like, this is a powerful prayer. So when we stand up and we pray this prayer and we recite this prayer and when we think about this prayer, we're standing in a long line of people where God has moved in their life. That's awesome. This whole Christian faith isn't something that just came about in one day. It's been around for a while. And to us to stand on the shoulders of these men and women as we approach the throne of God, I do so humbly. I say, God, thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for allowing me to take these words and to approach you and to pray. God, thank you for who you are. So I think of the the deep tradition that these words carry. And I also think in my own life when it comes to prayer. I think of my mother-in-law. Man, she can pray. Like she can wear me out praying. <laughs> like she gets in prayer groups and, and her blood pressure gets high. Like she knows how to pray. And, and I think I'm here simply because of the power of Lauren, your mom praying. And you're here because of the power of your mom praying. She has prayed by name for her family. She prays all the time. Do you know someone like this? In fact, I called her this week. Whew. <laughs> I said, okay. Teach me about prayer. I mean, it was like an hour and 55 minutes later. I, I finally said, okay, I got to go. Like, <laughs> I've got so many notes. We're only going to be in this in a few weeks. Like, this has been a lifetime for her. We, maybe you know people that pray like this. I think of my father who gets up early and he prays for us by name in his little white chair. I think of that chair. I think of my grandpa. I think of... Um, people in my, in my life, I think of my wife and how she prays for, our, for me and for our kids. And, and, and then I begin to read, even this week as I was studying for this message, you begin to read of these great men and women that have come before us, like John Welsh, who literally said, if you're not praying eight hours a day, then I don't know what you're doing. Like, he would pray eight hours a day to the, to the degree where he prayed over someone to be raised from the dead. And yes, he saw someone raised from the dead. We think of Billy Graham and, and how he prays. We think of Chinese pastors, and maybe you've, you've read of Chinese pastors, which, by the way, some of them are 13-year-old girls leading thousands of people, and they know how to pray, and they're seeing miracles happening in their life. And I think of the powerful positioning that prayer puts us in. It's not just words. But yet we sometimes approach prayer as just these words that we're going to recite, and we don't know the power that are found in the words as we communicate to God Almighty. So as we look at this Lord's Prayer, know that it's not, it's not just reciting of words, but it's a positioning of ourselves as we approach the throne of God and we talk. And He talks to us. Prayer is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So this movie I told you about, The War Room, uh, just in case you're interested, it's showing today. Wink, wink. Uh, at AMC Cinema, Saver 6 by USC at 1.45 and 8.30. Yeah, USC. Is that fun? CSU, right? Well, yeah, dyslexia, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, what? When Chad locks eyes with me, I know I did something wrong, okay? <laughs> if I look up and half the people are laughing, I'm like, what? Was it dyslexia? My zipper down? What's up? Okay, so, 
So it's over there. You can look at the war room. I encourage you to go, to go see this as we move into the next couple weeks of prayer. Um, it will move you. And I, I think what it will do is it will shake you a little bit. And I think in, 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 um, in, t- in tandem with the words that we're going to study today, God's going to do some incredible things in our life. Amen? Okay. Let's get into this thing. Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 3. You can kind of look at those a little bit. And it says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. God is saying, if you thirst, come to the waters. And he says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Jesus is saying, are you thirsty? Come to me. I'm the water. Are you hungry? My, my soul, I will heal your soul and your soul may li- live. You can maybe think of other passages in the Bible. Matthew 6, 6, right before this Lord's Prayer, um, Jesus um, commanded them <coughs> to go into their own rooms and to shut the door and to pray to the Father who sees in secret. Like the Bible is full of passages where we see Jesus going off in the secret and praying and talking about the power of prayer and seeing how prayer moves, moves his heart, moves his mind. And so as we move into this prayer, I want to talk about a couple things. One is the rhythm of prayer, just in our life. The rhythm that I have of prayer in my life right now is sporadic at best. Would that describe you? Sporadic at best. It, it just, it just kind of happens when I'm thinking about it. Sometimes I, I have a little ritual in the morning where I pray, <clears throat> or Sunday mornings, or rituals where I go in and, and, and I begin to pray. But Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. That's my problem right there. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. How many of you are still enough, long enough, To know that he is God. I like to run a lot. This week has been full of a lot of change, a lot of movement, a lot of cool stuff. But in the midst of the chaos, I usually lose the power of prayer and the battle of prayer right here. In the Psalms 46.10, which says, be still and know that I am God. And so I ask us, church, do our lives and the rhythm of our lives and the way that we approach prayer, is the rhythm such that we are still before God? Or is it one of those where, and I, I usually, this is where I put a lot of excuse in my lack of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. That, that's my excuse, though. Because I'm not still before God, I'm praying without ceasing. Which means, when I think about it, I, I pray. Any of you use that excuse? Oh, I'm driving down the road, I think about it, I pray. I, but I'm not intentional. Like, if you, if you ask me, Aaron, what are you praying for? The best I could do right now is I could go through some, some men and women, my own family that I'm praying for. Or I can go through the prayer request cards. I love those. Pray for those all the time. But at best, that's the best of my intentions in praying, is I go through those, but then I use the excuse of 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, to say this. I do it when I think about it, which isn't that often. You? If I really knew the power of prayer, then, then I, like John Welsh, maybe I would be praying on my face for eight hours a day, saying, God, I need to see your face. God, I need to align my heart. I need to align my mind with who you are. Because oftentimes life becomes about me 
and not about God, so I am not still before God, and my excuse not to pray is that I'm praying without ceasing, as in I'm praying when I think about it. Church, do you have a time in the rhythm of your day where it's intentional? You can find me praying, and this is what I'm praying for. I have a plan, I have a strategy, it's not just sporadic, it's just not when I think about it, but if you ask me what I'm praying for, I'll tell you right now, this is what I'm praying for, and I'm standing in the power of God on this. The rhythm of prayer in our life. As you begin to research prayer, and as you begin to think about prayer, one of the things you may come across is breath prayer. Anyone ever heard of breath prayer? It's beautiful. Closing your eyes and repeating just something small over and over again in your mind as you breathe these words and as it begins to take root into who you are, you breathe this prayer. And you can say things like this and, and maybe just try it right now. Let's, let's try it right now. Just, just, just close your eyes. Take a couple deep breaths. And let's pray this. Just, Holy One, guide me. And let it become part of who you are. Just, Holy One, guide me. Holy One, guide me. Oh, Lord, show me your way. And as you breathe, let it be part of your breath. Oh, Lord, show me your way. And as we repeat it slowly, again and again, in the rhythm of our breathing, those of us that live busy and stressful lives may begin to find a, a discipline like this that is very difficult. We wash our thoughts in our mind and we let the power of His Word take deep root in our subconscious. We begin to let it heal us. Some of you this week, and myself included, that one of the, the, the coolest things that we could do this week is enter into God, into breath prayer. Just let it become part of who we are. Moments where we sit in intentionality and we repeat the same thing over and over again or we just begin to cry out to God and say, God, who are you? God, show me your face. And this I approach to you, God. Prayer. So we look at this prayer, in, in the Lord's Prayer, and in verse 9 it says this. This, then, is how you should pray. And how does it start out? It starts out and says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The cool thing about this is it's a beautiful dance. If we look at the first words, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it's a beautiful dance of the Trinity. We see, we see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Spirit all wrapped up in this. And at the very first, it says, Our Father. 
Well, when we begin to think about Jesus in flesh, uh, you can come across, there's a thing called kenosis. And in, in Philippians 2, 7, this is what it is. It says, but, but Jesus he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Here we see Jesus. We see God coming down in flesh and Jesus uh, incarnate in the body emptied himself of the uses of some of his divine attributes. And so we see Jesus coming down in body and what does he do? He empties himself of some of his divine attributes and he begins to talk to God. Jesus is just like you and I walking this earth with a physical body, and he has to approach his father just like we had to approach, how we have to approach God. Here we see Jesus incarnate. He is fully God, and he's fully man. And the first part of this prayer is this, our father. Jesus prayed, my father. And he asks us to pray, our father. Jesus walked in this earth in full dependence on God just as he's asking us to walk in full dependence of God. So I love how this prayer starts out and says, Our Father. If you were to pray right now, and we said, Church, pray. How many of you would start your prayer with Our Father? Like a title of who God is. Would you start it like that? Or I like how this doesn't start out with, Sorry, God. <laughs> right? That changes the everything, right? Think if the Lord's Prayer started out, sorry God, messed up again, did that again, please don't smite me. The prayer starts out, our Father. I thank God that he is approachable. I thank God that we can talk to him, that we don't need a mediator. 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man of Christ Jesus. And I say all day long, over and over, Amen. That we don't need to go to someone that's going to go to God and pray on our behalf, but there is only one mediator, and it's Jesus Christ. And we can approach him humbly, and we can approach him, and we can talk to him directly, and I thank God for that. This isn't a man thing. This is a God thing. When we have an understanding of who he is, he is our father. He, everything else follows. So this prayer, our life, it's about him. And it's us aligning our lives with him. So look at this word, our, our father. Jesus is giving us insight into the way that he prayed. You know, we've said from the beginning that, you know what, we want to follow the life of Jesus and we want to model the life of Jesus, our church. We want to model what it looked like to be an Old Testament, New Testament church. And, and if Jesus said it, we want to do it. And so here we are. We have insight into the way that Jesus himself prayed. He gave us this insight. And Father is lived out in two ways in our lives. So here's the, here's the two ways that I see it. Provision. Provision, and, and, and I want to point to some, some specific things here, because as God and Jesus went to God and prayed, our Father, and he's asking us to go and say, our Father, when you think in line of provision, it's a reminder that Israel was set free. You tie that into what that means for us today? 
It's a reminder that the title, Our Father, is a reminder that He is our provision and He has set us free. Just like the Israel, Israelites were set free, He is there and He is the provider. And as we say, Our Father, He is our new exodus. And our new exodus, just like Moses marches in boldly and stands before Pharaoh in, in Exodus chapter 4, verses 22, and ending out that whole chapter, Moses marches in and stands before Pharaoh and says this, Yahweh, Israel is my son, my firstborn. Let my people go that they may serve me. For Israel to call God father then was to hold on to the hope of liberty. They were slaves and they were called to be sons. And the only way to be um, set free as a son is to say, he is my father. And Father God set Israel free and Father God sets us free. Today, so as we stand and we begin to say, our father, it is a title. Oh, death, where is your sting? We are no longer slaves to sin. It's not just familiar prayers, but it's also a hope. Our Father has set us free. When was the last time you entered into the Lord's Prayer or you entered into prayer and the title started, Our Father or My Father, and the first thought you thought was, You have set me free from the, from the grips of death in my life. From the bondage of being slavery, just like you did to the Israelites, Father, you have set me free. That was a quiet amen, but that should have been a loud amen right there. So as we look at our Father, of course, He is our provision. Death has annihilated and destroyed all of humanity. The love of God, the sacrifice, the atonement of His blood comes in and washes over all of our sins. He is our provider, and we are set free. Thus, this title, our Father, we can approach it with hope. So we begin to say, our Father, he's our provision. But also, we see in the life of Jesus, when he says, our Father, it's not only a provision and a reminder of what's happened in the past and what will happen in the future, but it's also this very, very lovely and personal title. Abba. Abba. Daddy. Some of us, this title's been ripped off for us on this earth. Because we would say at best we have a subpar father, earthly father, or a missing father, an MIA father, or an abusive father. And so when we hear this word, Abba, it stirs up bad emotions in us because of our experience on this earth. And if that's you, my heart breaks for you. And I'm so sorry that you've had this situation of a father that you would just, let's just say, is subpar or missing. The joy of this is that every single one of us are in the same category when it comes to our Father in heaven. He has adopted us. He has chosen us. He looks into our eyes and he says, I choose you. I love you. And it's only because we can begin this prayer, our Father, that we have this title. And when we say our Father, Jesus, when he's praying, says, Abba. My father, my daddy. We see this in a beautiful prayer, the prayer of Gethsemane. And if you're familiar with the, the biblical story of what's happening in the prayer of Gethsemane, what happens when Jesus goes to pray in the, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane? 
he's about to go, and he's about to die a, 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 gruesome, a gruesome death on the cross on behalf of, of all of us, and he's about to give us a sacrifice, and he falls on his face, and he, be, and he cries out to God, and he says, Abba, Daddy, Father, like I'm crying out to you, and he's saying, God, what should I do? Do any of you need direction in your life? I do. And as we model our life after the person of Jesus Christ, we see this man at the end of his life falling on his face and calling out, Daddy, what should I do? Father, is this the way? Is this really the right path? And do I really have to drink this cup, Father, that you've given me? And he's crying out. He's crying out to mimic the Father. And so it is with us. As we approach him, we say our Father. Part of it is a cry. God, how do you live your life? And how do you want me to live my life? I want to align my life with you. I have an incredible father, Tom Havens, my earthly father. And I think of the stages of our relationships. And I wonder what your stages have been with your earthly father. My uh, earliest that I can remember is cuddles. Those of you that have kids, you know what these are like. To cuddle with your kid, like that's just awesome. Like, I know it's selfish, but I loved it when Zoe and Audra were sick. Like, I got extra cuddles, man. <laughs> Don't test my theology on that. That's messed up. But I think back on, my to, on, on Tom Havens, and I, I think earliest, man, I, I love the cuddles. Those would be great. And, th- and then I matured a little. I loved riding bikes or, or piling up leaves, running and jumping in, messing them all up. I have these, these moments of just doing things and these memories of just doing things with my earthly father. And then I matured, and leaves, I just did, they, they scratch too much. Didn't like doing that so much, but I looked forward to the moments where I could just talk with my father. Just have a phone conversation with him or see him in person, have coffee, and, 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 and I look forward to those moments. And, and then I mature even a little more, and now this guy who, you, who I thought knew nothing, I, I, I realized he actually does know some stuff, and, and I began to admire him as my earthly father and go, Dad, you are a father, a godly father, a, a, a wonderful picture of what I should grow up to be. And now this relationship has, mer- has merged from cuddling and just loving to now admiration as I, as I look at him. And, and now I'm, I'm, what, 40 years old, about to be 41, November 26th. I want a hot tub. Um, <laughs> and and I, look at it, I look at my father, And the moments that I can get and I can spend with him, I cherish every single moment. As I watch the physical body of my father begin to slow down, hair to get a little gray, and I cherish every moment that I have. Do we do that with God our Father? Do we sit and do we cuddle with him? Do we ride bikes with him? Do we love talking with him? Do we admire him? Do we cherish the moments with him? When we come, from, uh, we come from our daily and heavenly bread, 
we come for our daily and final forgiveness in this prayer, and we look and we, we, we're able to cry out to God, and we're, we're able to say, God, Father, Abba, I love you, and I want to spend time with you. And the more that we spend time with God, the more that we want to spend time with God. And the more that we spend time with God, the more it comes less about doing, riding bikes and all that, and the more about being and sitting and talking and just being with God. This is what I hope and this is what I propose begins to happen in my life more and more and in all of our lives more and more as we begin to study and go through the power of prayer. I hope that you are a person, I am a person, we are a church that's dedicated to cuddling with God, to spending time with God, to talking with God and making it very, very intentional in our lives because the more that we do that, the more that we're going to long to do that, the more that we will cherish it and the more that we'll begin to see the power of prayer moving in our lives. If it's not that, it's our power, and my power is weak, non-existent. God sustains me and keeps me moving, and he does the same thing for us every single day. So this is what I propose for us, church. Here's some practical stuff. As you break out the Lord's Prayer, found right here, and it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. As you break this out, this is what I want to propose. Pray the Lord's Prayer this week, and we're going to begin to study the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer. This week was our Father. And so Monday, or, or Sunday, pray our Father. On Monday, go a little further in the prayer and begin to pray, Hallowed be thy name. On Tuesday, pray thy kingdom come. On Wednesday, pray, give us this day. On Thursday, pray, forgive us our trespasses. On Friday, pray, deliver us from evil. On Saturday, pray, thy kingdom, the power and glory. We begin to make prayer a breath prayer. We begin to begin about a Um, begin getting intentional about our prayer, it begins to move our lives. It begins to uh, affect us positively in in a lot of areas as we begin to line out and find out who God is and let him move in our lives so it's not about us, but it's about him. Here's a couple other things that that might be able to help you. Northumbridgecommunity.org. By the way, I'll send this out in the email. So here's a plug for the email. If you're not getting our email every Tuesday, I think I sent them out on Tuesday or Wednesday, then on your chair is a response card. Write down your email and put, put me on the weekly email. And so then you'll get all this and stuff that we send. So NorthumbriaCommunity.org, they go through some common prayers and they do it around the world in unison at the same time. And so you could go to that website and you can begin to read and pray and find scripture and go through blessings. And it's a very cool thing to get us in the rhythm of praying. There's so many ways that we can approach prayer. I just want to ask this. Are we? Do we believe in it? Are we willing to put in the intentionality to do this? Or are we just going to keep moving through life at our own pace, forgetting about the rhythm of prayer and the practice of prayer? And oh yeah, that God asked us to pray. And what did he ask us to pray, church? Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Church, I want to pray over us today. I'm going to ask if you would, just close your Bible. Close your notes. We can talk all day long about prayer. Or we can pray. So let's pray. If you're comfortable with it, I invite you to hold your hands out in front of you just with your palms open, just in the form of submission. So much happens in this transaction. You can say, God, please take these things from me and please show me who you are. I give you the junk, the stress, the things in my life. I give them to you. But God, more importantly, I receive what it is you're showing me and teaching me in this moment. My hands are open. My heart's open. My mind's open. And so quietly to yourself, would you just pray, God, please show me who you are today. Some of us, we may have uh, been schemed, tricked, deceived. We've believed the lie that God is unapproachable. And Satan has tricked us into thinking we've got to clean up things in our life. We've got to stop doing these bad things. We need to start acting more holy before we can approach God. And that's a lie from Satan. So in this place, if that's you, if you've been deceived in that, just say, God, I'm, I'm sorry for not approaching you out of guilt. God, I want, I want to talk with you. I want to pray with you. I want to align my heart with you and my mind with you. I want you to have your way in my life. I want it to be about you and not about me. Some of us, as we sit here, maybe you don't know how to pray, you don't know what to pray. And just ask God, say, God, show me what it means to talk with you. Show me what prayer is. Maybe some of us, we can just practice this breath prayer right now, and the only thing that we can get off our lips is our Father. And so repeat that over and over. Our Father, my Father, my Father. My father, my provider, set me free from the bondage of sin. My father, my daddy, I call to you. I want to cuddle and spend time with you. I want to be with you. I seek you, God. Just let it go off your lips. Our father, my father, it'll be part of your breathing. Some of us may be struggling with who God is. We really don't know. This is a great time just to say, God, show me who you are. The power of his spirit 
Holy Spirit moving in this place. I pray over all the time. And this is what I pray, that when we're gathered on Sunday mornings, the Holy Spirit will so overwhelm you that you will surrender control of your life, your pride to God. You will say, God, here's my life. And he's pursued you and run you down because of his love. So in this room, just say, God, you're my father. I give you my life. What is it you would like to talk about? You have God's attention. He wants to communicate. Just begin quietly talking to him. God, my Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. God, I pray for this portion of my life that I would be more in line with who you are, that, God, you would take this from me. I, God, I pray for this thing that I'm stressing out and worrying about, God, that I know you're going to provide, that your will will be done in my life. And church, begin to just talk to God. There's nothing too big and there's nothing too small, but let's be intentional, just you and God in this place. Begin to talk with God. God, I pray in this place that it's about you, comes from you, and it's for you. Any pride that we have in our lives, that we, you would crush that in us. That, God, we'd be in full surrenderance as to who you are. And, God, I pray that you teach us how to pray. I pray that you clear our schedule so we begin to put intentionality in this prayer. God, I begin, I, I pray that for our church at large, that we would be an individual people, that when we collectively come together, your power is so thick that it moves in this place. I pray, God, that it's you and not us. You are our Father, our provider, our daddy. And it comes from you and is about you. Thank you for uniting your church together. Thank you for bringing us here together this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask us to stand right now. I know of no other way better. Once God is properly in our mind, his characteristics of who he is and his awe-inspiring of who God is, is in our mind and in our hearts. I know no better way than to stand and say, thank you, God. I praise you for who you are, God. So I'm going to ask us right now, if you have a child in Project Kids, if you would quickly go and retrieve them so that as a family we can worship together. If you have prayer requests, I would say write that down and you can put it in the offering in the back left. Um, but I would say united. Why don't we stand? Why don't we lift our hands and say, God, thank you for who you are. You are our father. You are our provider. You are our daddy. And let's give praise back to God because that's what this whole thing is about. So church, let's continue to worship together in this place.